Happy Thursday, boys and girls. My name is Jeffrey Scott Mitchell. And this is the life. This is the life, people. And it just gets better and better. My 30s, I thought were good. My 40s, I thought were good. My 50s, I thought were good. I just turned 60. So I don't want to be too optimistic or <laughs> whatever the word is when you count on something that is not a for sure thing. So I don't want to put nothing on 60s that ain't happened yet. But damn, I'm off to a good start. That 4,000 mile overnight trip I took to see George Clinton in the Parliament Funkadelic at the House of Blues in New Orleans on a Tuesday to a show that I barely knew happened and I'm kind of bitching or bringing to the top the fact that I did not know that there was a show in Houston the next day. I heard people talk about it, but I didn't see it listed anywhere. And I didn't, I didn't see any formal listing or mention of the show. The way I found out about the New Orleans show was a post by DJ Soul Sister who was opening. I found out about that, I think last Wednesday, last Thursday. I was like, funk it. Looked at my schedule and my numbers and all that and thought it was a feasible way to make that happen. And I did, and the thing about 4,000 mile day trip to see George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic in New Orleans, House of Blues, was that trip did not completely officially end until I finished work on the day that I got back. I knew when I booked the trip that I was gonna be flying back early in the morning the next day and going to work. And I wanted it that way, I don't wanna use PTO. I don't want to use any time off. And then the, the Tuesday, the night of the show, I had to take off. I was gonna have to use PTO for that, but I got my schedule changed, so I'm gonna work Saturday. So I didn't use any PTO. But I knew, going through all of that, and it's always in my mind, even when I'm at the show, well, you know, when I'm at the show and I'm into it, things go away, logistics go away. But, you know, leaving the show, I'm thinking, where I'm asleep, how can I sleep? Between now and the time of the flight, on the flight, after the flight, when can I get some sleep in? Because I'm gonna have to work a full day shift. Landed early, landed like at eight instead of 8.30. I had my car parked at the flyaway because it was only a one day turnaround. And at $5 a day, 
it was cheaper, well, it was economical to leave the car, my car, at the flyway, pay four or five dollars a day parking, instead of getting an Uber back and forth. So I was able to jump out of the, uh, jump off the airplane, jump on the flyway, get home. I think I was in bed by 10 or something like that. Got a couple more hours sleep. But anyway, it wasn't good yesterday. Yesterday was a good day. It wasn't too slow, it wasn't too fast. Cause when it's too slow, that's just as, that's, it's just as miserable. I was gonna say just as miserable as it is when it's going too fast, but that's probably not true. I don't know, but anyway, I did it. My weight stayed down, had a good dinner at the House of Blues, me and Janet Cousins, met up with her. She a boss traveler, I call her a boss traveler because she, there was a show happening and she found out about it and booked travel the same day and got there. That's a boss move. That's a boss move. Now, of course, I got boss moves too, like, knowing that if I ate dinner at the House of Blues, I get early entrance into the venue. That's an experienced player move. I, I remember that from before. So I get to the spot early, as usual. After landing, picking up the car, going through the rental car stuff, and I got another rental wreck type off-brand rental economy where you take the shuttle from the airport to the rental car shuttle and then you got to call them and then they come pick you up from there and then when you drop the car off you drop the car off in a parking lot you leave the car unlocked you leave the keys in there i do that when i go to cleveland for rental wreck prices was almost the price was 60% cheaper than the major brands that I would have picked up. And they're probably the same thing in Cleveland. I call her, she come pick me up. <laughs> we go back to the rental facility, we do the paperwork. And I drive off. And this car, these cars aren't new. This car had, had accident damage. It was wrecked on the top. And you can see where they drilled into it to pull it back up. It was definitely stuff going on, but the damn thing ran. I ran the battery down now. I got to the airport after the show. I got to the economy parking. And it was so beautifully humid out. I just rolled all the windows down, laid there, tried to get some sleep. Had some music on and had the air blowing. So the car wasn't running, the air was blowing, and it was just blowing air and not cold air, which was cool. But I ran the battery down. <laughs> And I couldn't roll the window back up. So I just left it. Ain't heard from him. So no news is good news. But uh, yeah, I get those rental racks in these economies. Save a little bit of money. Is it worth the convenience? I don't know, but I, I spent $350 one way to get back from New Orleans on the easiest, most convenient flight. It was probably worth it. It was definitely worth the money. Spent an extra $130, whatever, to get back on time, have time to sleep, rest. And 
I say I splurged, I say I, you know, did this and did that. With that money, I'm just not used to spending that kind of money on, on a return ticket one way. But, well, at least saying domestic, flying, you know, to Europe, you'll spend six, seven hundred dollars. I think I spent eight one time, I spent a little extra, eight, nine, something one time to get a really convenient flight nonstop to somewhere where I could have took other flights, saved a couple hundred dollars or something. It'd been a little bit more convenient, but I spent that money, I got there, I got back and it worked. So I wasn't really completely officially home until I finished that work day. I did pretty good. I got a little tired. It was a little tough getting my steps in because I felt my body, but I was pushing through it because I'm on a, I'm trending on a high. My energy is trending on a high. I'm feeling good, things are happening. You know, going through the show, the adrenaline is always going. Flying back, flying here. Rental cars, your adrenaline is up. Even when you get back home, you're still executing. So I'm feeling really good. My weight is down. Today, on the scale in the morning, 208.4 or something like that. And that's before this walk. During this walk, I might lose 2.6. And I got my son's suit on, so I might lose more than that, but it's water weight, of course. I get it back, but it don't matter. The number's still low. If I lose 2.6, that'll be at 205 something on a Thursday. And I still got three more work days to go. Last night was a work day, but it felt like a big, uh, part of a weekend or a vacation. So I celebrated with some cookies and some little bit of candy in the bed, but I rationed it this time. Of course, I put the rest of the cookies in there. There wasn't that many left. It's like almost mostly crumbs, but, and I didn't just dump all the candy in there. I actually portioned off some of the candy just to dump it all in there. And it worked, I ate it all. I felt a level of satisfaction. Part of me wanted to keep eating until my stomach was full and I got that into that zone. But I didn't, I laid there, I let that subside. Went to sleep, I had a couple, you know, this nice little nighttime snack. I had my popcorn, I was in the bed early. You know, so I got good sleep, I feel good. I'm out here, my weight is down. Saw a good show, good energy, good people, New Orleans. The humidity, oh my God. The humidity, oh my God. You walk outside at midnight, it was still 103 degrees. Felt like you was in a sauna room. I was like, Jesus, what's going on? Came outside after the show around midnight. If that's where I left off, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Felt like he was in a pressure cooker. It was amazing. Show was good. Show was good. DJ Sosa's to open. And maybe part of the reason I like going to New Orleans so much is I know I'm gonna probably hang or see her or just be in her, whatever. And that's always seems to be enchanting and fun. You know, a couple times we actually hung out one time we ended up hanging out just because she was like going to going someplace and we saw each other outside. She was like, come on. I was like, okay, and I jumped in the car. I never do that. I had never done that. Just jumped in the taxi and went somewhere because I didn't have an Uber. I didn't have nothing. I had no ties to anything. So I had no reason. So I said, okay. 
ended up going to Tipitina's and seeing Dumpster Funk perform. And have them do up for the downstroke, and I'm standing like right there at the stage. <laughs> I'm hanging out. It's always good having her food and stuff. You know, she knows no other. She knows the ins and outs, what to do, what not to do. The Mardi Gras, so it's always funny. Even though we wasn't like hanging out, hanging out, she was right there, right in front of the stage. On my right side, Jenny Cousins was on my left. And we were just getting it, front, front row, center. I mean, in the show, it was an okay show. I mean, every show ain't gonna be the bomb. Well, uh, Brandy wasn't there. Greg Boyer wasn't there. Yeah, I'm not saying the show was eh, eh, because they weren't there. It was just, you know, every show can't be banging. Plus, Another thing I noticed, the House of Blues was small. It was tiny. I walked in that place, I was like, oh my God, this place is so tiny. I had been there before. I had been here a couple times before. And I've been to other House of Blues. But they never felt that tiny to me. They used to be kind of big. I wouldn't say huge. But when I was first, you know, doing this, going to concert stuff, that room was pretty big. It was a pretty big room. Now, that thing was tiny. And the room, size of the room didn't change. I changed. And it was blatantly obvious to me. that I've become a monster. <laughs> uh, my scope of energy or whatever it is I call it. My range of personal space in a public setting. Damn, it was filled that room. It was bigger than that room because I was used to being at places bigger than that. So I got to learn how to use my, whatever that's called, whatever I can do, whatever I do. Because during silly millimeter, during silly millimeter, I went off. I just went completely off. And I just turned to the crowd and the way the lights were, I could tell they could see me. And I was lip syncing the song to the whole damn room. <laughs> and I could swear it was like people with cameras on me. I was like, I was lit up. I was lit up. I sneak around behind times back and much to my surprise. Not only catches up with time, but I'm ahead of time. Oh, I, I just tore it up. I just, oh God, it was good. The room was good. And they sang that damn crowd. When they sang Deep Deep, it's so beautiful, long time. And the rhythm. In New Orleans, something about New Orleans. Something about New Orleans. My guys, I've looked up. Damn, I've been here four or five times, didn't even know it. Just happened to go there every time I get a chance. Cause it's close, it's, it's, it's relatively close, only a three hour flight, two hour time difference. It's kind of cheaper. So it might be just one of those spots that, you know, just falling in spirit flies there, even though I took Delta back. Spirit flies there. So that works. I got another spirit credit card. I applied on my last trip just for kicks. They said a $65,000, 65,000 
point bonus. So I signed up to get my second one. They gave me a $20,000 limit on this one. <laughs> my other one is only $1,700. This one is $20. And it should increase my credit score, which is already the highest it's ever been, ever by far. So it's good, you know, it's good. The show was, like I said, it was okay. There's always highs. There's always moments in every show, no matter how rotten it was, or how terrible, whatever rotten or terrible means to you. For me, there's always at least one moment where we get there, where it's like, mm -mm -mm, you know, that's, that's hit there. Some shows there's more. Some shows feels like the whole show is just, solid tight and the energy is moving that way this show it seemed like they was like yeah all right not that they melded in but they're like yeah you know probably because being on the road for so long it could be because the venue was so small and with the venue being small the stage was really small the stage was like whoa <laughs> i was like i don't remember it being this small So that was that. I guess it's nothing to, oh, Kevin Oliver did a guitar solo on P-Funk, which was interesting. Interesting in the fact that you have a guitar solo on P-Funk and not a horn solo. And then Mr. Clinton walked back to the bass riser to highlight the bass player and was Skeet. Skeet was on bass. So he soloed through P-Funk. And he played the bass line like the trombone. He's trying to play that bass line. And it was good and he did some other stuff. And then Mr. Thomas, of course. You ain't gonna let other people solo. Don't let him get his. <laughs> I got him Mr. Do Everything. And don't let him get his. So he took it to there and they got down that Baltimore connection. So they all got down. It was good. I mean, it was what it was. A funky UFO and up at the downstroke was kind of raggedy. But it was still fun. You know. And I was thinking, I got my, I got my feel. It was almost a three hour show for crying out loud. Because where it was almost like three hours, close to two and a half, 2.75 hours. And that's not with the opening acts. Blue-eyed blue extinction and DJ Sosa's. So it was a full night towards the end of it. I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it was midnight. It was getting close to like midnight. Mr. Clinton called for a Dirty Queen. I'm like, you ain't even played. We want the Funk Atomic Dog yet. We're going to be here all night. <laughs> and not like, we're going to be here all night. Nope. We're going to be here all damn night. <laughs> I was tired. 
I was tired, ready to go. But it was good. What can I say? The life is good. The life really is good. I built this. I built this damn life. Piece by piece. I saw the things I wanted in it. I saw the things I did not want in it. I saw the things I wanted to be capable of or to achieve, wanted to be able to achieve, and then found means to accomplish those desires or aspirations. And I made it real for myself. Where was I? I saw the life that I wanted. I knew what I wanted to have in my life. And I knew what I wanted to accomplish, what I wanted to do, the things I liked. And I worked towards it. I developed a strategy, an understanding, and a mindset where my every waking moment is pushing me towards that imagined lifestyle for myself. And I say all that again, just to say, is there anything, anything more important than a person becoming the person that they want to be? I like the way how subjective that statement is. When you say the person becoming what they want to be, that means that each individual will determine what that is unto themselves and only they can decide that. In fact, some people have a hard time deciding that. A lot of people don't really know what they want or know how to, how to want. They don't know how to want from themselves. They're not wired like that. And that's cool, we need people like that. me in life as human beings I'm hard-pressed to find anything higher more important more crucial than a person becoming who they want to be and to achieve that, to have that, to live that life, that has to be extremely rewarding to the individual. And speaking from my standpoint, considering the life I built for myself, it is extremely rewarding. It is extremely rewarding. And it's not as, it is a selfish thing in a way. I was gonna say it's not a selfish thing. I was gonna say it's not a selfish thing because it involves other people. So it's not like me, 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 only me. A lot of moving parts are involved here. It's important that have some sense of safety and stability for my family and the people around me, close people around me. It's not that I'm completely apathetic to others. But there is a probably a greater distance in caring and sensitivity and companionship 
between me and people as opposed to quote unquote normal people. They tell me I'm not normal. And I look around and I see the lives of normal people and I tell them thank you. Because I need other people. It's just not about Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. It's not about Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. But it is about how Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey is in harmony or in synchronization or works with everything around. That I am very proud of. How systems around me, people around me, things, entities, machines, computers, how I interact with them, how I believe they interact with me, and my disposition towards such of life's endeavors. The routine, the work, you gotta work. Might as well embrace it. Find a job you love, generate income, money, so you can go do the things you can do, wanna do. To where I ever even embrace the things I don't like. I may love the things I don't like more than I do the things I do. Of course, you may say, oh, you, you like the Steelers. You like P-Funk. And I could actually say, no, I don't. It's beyond like for those two things of my life. The Steelers, my football team, and the P-Funk. It's beyond like. Like is, can't even use that word in that realm of discussion. Hell, it's beyond love at this point. They're a part of me. It's almost inherent. And it's nothing but being a fan. Quote unquote, being a fan, it's more than being a fan though. Especially with the music and the spiritual meditation and yoga-like exercise that you could, that I do with the music and stretching and mind being within my mind and exercising my mind and energy rhythmically and physically in almost like a trance state trance on a lower beats per minute trance on a funk music level a p-funk music level where the one is emphasized Not so much ding, 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 but ding, you know. But the, the, the tempo kind of doesn't matter. It's the emphasis on the beat and the tone. Whatever that is, however that touches me, whatever that, whatever that music moves me the way it does. And always, when I first heard it and still does to this day, hell, yesterday, but 50 years later, damn near, I'm hearing that band play that music. The same music, and it's just as beautiful. It's almost insane how, after all these years, it still moves me the way it does. And the Steelers move me the way they do. 
I pattern my life around the Pittsburgh Steelers football schedule. I tell my jobs, I don't work when the Pittsburgh Steelers play. I tell them when I start, <laughs> before I start, because that's all they want. They just want you to be honest. You know, you come in, you be up front with them. You let them know it's like when you meet somebody and you're trying to date or something. Tell them everything up front. Get it over with. Tell them everything. Put it all on the table. When you first meet, it's a lot easier for them to handle. And it's a lot easier for you to tell them. You know, just let them, hey, this is what I do. This is what I think. This is what happened to me. This is the problems I have. Forgot why I went down that road. But I completely forgot. <laughs> it's just that good, people. Pittsburgh. Students coming up this season, excited. And it's all faith. It's nothing but faith. It's just like faith in church and God. It's just like faith in church and God. People go to church, they have faith, and it feels good. And it's in the church, celebrating worship music. I grew up with that. I grew up in church. I used to sit in church. All the other kids used to run outside and go play. I used to sit there. I used to listen to the speeches, the talks, sermons, especially the music. We used to go to conventions, so there was like a lot of festive music and workshops and talks and, and a lot of stuff. I used to sit there and listen. So I know what worship music is. I know how... I know what it feels to get the Holy Ghost. I know what it feels like to feel that music when it's going in the rhythm. You see people around you and it's just kissing you. You know? I know what that's like. So when I go see people in Georgia now, I'm already there. I'm already, let's get it. You know, let's do what we do. Here we go, people. Here we go. Anyway, I still ain't done. Forgot where I was at. But I was probably talking about something. <clears throat> I'm sure I was talking about something. Now, what it was I was talking about, I don't know. But I was talking about something, probably about the life and living it. I can't remember. Anyways. Well, ready for me to sign off anyway. Do my usual outro, my mantra. Makes me feel good to do that. My opening intro, to repeat that opening intro and my outro every time. Something to that. So I don't know, I forget where I was. I think I was on a, a good topic too. Talking about me and my life. And living it, enjoying it, being the best part of being myself and achieving who I wanted to be, working at it constant battle, weight gain, weight loss, 
job, taxes, Steelers TV, music, travel, family, kids, grandkids, parents, sisters, cousins, nieces, pets, their pets, my car, computers, my data, storage facilities, et cetera, et cetera. My retirement, my investments, savings, you know, my infrastructure. I built it, my estate, my estate. I built it and I love it. I built it and I love it. And I'm living it. And can there be anything more rewarding, more better, more important, more crucial than a person becoming who they want it to be? My name is Jeffrey. Swing on y'all two times. For me, for the phone. And for every elementary particle that has ever existed in any atom in this or in any universe that ever was, is, or will be. The totality of it all, a theory of universe and hypothesis of all as one. <laughs>